0: Welcome back to Two Brothers Review, the podcast, quarantine edition.
1: Reed's laughing uh, I'm, because, oh, excuse me. It's been so long, I forgot how this works. I am Reed Turley. <laughs> and I'm Ty Turley. Uh, and we've been practicing social
0: distancing on this podcast long before it was cool. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, and, yeah. we're,
0: and we're still more than six feet apart.
1: Yeah, we, we uh, knew that, that it was going to be a problem to be close to each other, so we... Figure out a way to do podcasts far Part,
0: But uh, not having new movies come out has been a bit of a drag. I don't know. Do you miss going to the movie theater?
1: It's the thing I miss the most in life right now. Yeah. But I, also think, I also think, well, yeah, it's bad. I mean, that's sad. But we would have kept doing it, except I got coronavirus, and it was very sick for five weeks. So it knocked <laughs> me off my feet. This is a triumphant re- return. Reed laughs. Cool read.
0: Well, I mean, it's hard to, Did did you get tested?
1: Oh, I I didn't get tested. I had a cough and a fever and lost my sense of smell and taste, and was and had no energy for five weeks. We'll let the audience decide if I had coronavirus or not. And I lived in new. I lived in New York City. That's the that's the biggest reason. To yeah,
0: everyone has, everyone has it there.
1: Everyone has it. Uh, well,
0: we are happy you recovered.
1: We, we, the two brothers review audience. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Uh,
0: and are going to, you know, come back to an episode, but we're talking about a movie that was released on Netflix, which is probably, you know, the company doing the, the greatest
1: in the, in this. No zoom zoom is doing great. And, and the company that makes plexiglass, pe- plexiglass plates, because every oh. business had to buy them and put them in. That's true. That's
0: a good business to be in for a little Those bit. Guys. But now there's just going to be plexiglass
1: everywhere in the world. So much extra plexiglass. Oh, well.
0: Uh, and this week we're going to be talking about extraction. The Chris Hemsworth mercenary... Movie that takes
1: place in India. No, it doesn't take place in India. It takes place in Bangladesh. Whoops. <laughs> uh, well, I guess it starts. I mean, there is a scene in India with the, when the kid gets kidnapped.
0: I didn't make that connection.
1: I, I, I don't know. The whole it's in Dhaka, which is the capital of Bangladesh. Is where is where all the the action goes down.
0: So what? <laughs> Let's not get into the plot yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, because before we talk about extraction, we're going to give our, our pick for, this is a very specific category, uh, movies that uh, fetishize poverty. By filming in developing countries. Oh, yes. Based on the location. And yeah. Ty, maybe explain that a little
1: bit for me. <laughs> Well, it means you know they, they use exotic, in quotes, locales, um, where people are pretty expendable. I mean, it's a different thing to watch. uh you know how many people do we see killed? Hundreds, three hundred yeah. Bangladeshis killed in slums. That just feels different. I think they're using they're using the fact that we can stomach that easier as a Western audience. You know, it's not. It's not in the suburban, I don't know, suburban Houston, you know? It's a different feeling. And, you know, it makes it... So life life feels like it's worth less. And then also, you have those stunning... I mean, they're beautiful shots um, of the city stretching out in front of you. And it's colorful blocks of housing crammed together in this way that is very much... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's designed to be exotic. It's making... Bangladesh, even more exotic than it already was for anyone who hasn't been there. Okay. Do you think? I, yeah, I, I think
0: the concept makes sense. And uh, as I think about it, several examples come to mind. So what was your pick for, I don't know, the movie that does this the best or your
1: favorite movie that does this? That's kind of a weird <laughs> how, to, how most, to say. Most egregious. Um, I, I thought first of The Bourne Supremacy and the beginning scene starts in Goa. Okay. Uh, and, he, and he's got that, he gets found and discovered and then he has to go on the car chase and he hits the bridge and his girlfriend dies. It's how the movie starts. Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking that one. And actually the Bourne, uh, one of them has the the car chase in Moscow, which isn't exactly a developing country, but it is a country used to exoticize
0: often. Same movie, Bourne Supremacy.
1: It is the same one? Yeah, okay.
0: Uh, Remy and I watched... We've been watching a lot of movies slash TV. Obviously, everyone is, but we watched the four born movies in two days. Woof! <laughs> nice. Not, but not the last
1: one. Not the final Matt Damon one. Right? Wait, you watched the Jeremy Renner one, but not the final Matt Damon one? Oh,
0: I like the Jeremy Renner one. Okay, I think it's good. It's got Rachel Weisz. It's
1: great. Okay, I can't remember them. <clears throat> I can't different. I can't differentiate them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, my pick is going to be uh, a different Netflix movie, Triple Frontier, where yeah. it's these, you know, American ex military going to South America, kind of infiltrating and using the people there, but then um, stealing the money and trekking across the country, and also killing villagers and and just trying to get out.
1: Yep, that one's a recent example. Mission Impossible does this all the time. I also, I, I my second choice actually that I was going to say is um, the Day of the Dead celebration in Mexico City at the beginning of uh, Spectre. Spectre, that one's pretty spectacular. I think
0: Fast and the Furious has a favela chase scene in Brazil.
1: Yeah, it origin the the granddaddy of them all, the Battle of Algiers. Classic cinema yeah. takes place takes place in the slums of Algiers. French cinema from like the nineteen sixties, covering the um, Algerian revolution against France. You should you should watch that movie if you haven't. It's great. It's so I've good. Yet, I've never seen it. Yeah. Uh,
0: oh well, let's talk about a movie I we have seen Extraction. All oh, you know, <laughs> probably at the same level. People would put those t-
1: two together. They would not. Okay, but this movie wasn't bad. I mean, it, I mean, the action was okay. Well, sorry, if I'm jumping the gun, but I just want to say there were a few scenes where the camera takes, where the shots were very long duration wise, yeah. and I freaking loved them.
0: Uh, yeah, I think the the movie is at its best in that really long kind of one take transition from the jungle to the car. And then it just keeps going where it stays with them going in through that apartment complex and the camera is, you know, shaking and moving, but I mean, it's, it's gotta be like over 10 minutes of one shot, right? Like, yeah. Without cuts and edits.
1: Yeah. I love that.
0: And I, (laughs) what? I don't know. I think that, and then the fight scene at the, at the bridge at the end, it's just very gruesome, right? I was surprised at how, how bloody this movie was. Yeah. More bloody than a normal action thriller kind of. Th- well, I mean, I,
1: it's no, more bloody than
0: on par, but I also felt bad because a lot of times I, I had this on the movie. He's killing a lot of policemen. Yeah. And their, their leaders might be corrupt, but. These guys can't all be corrupt. I mean, so they're just policemen trying to do their job.
1: Yeah. I had the same thought for sure. It does. I mean, that's, that's why it bothers like, me.
0: Well, yeah, it's like maybe, I don't know. He won't kill kids. That's good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He'll slap them though. He slaps a kid. Wasn't, I mean, wasn't that scene hilarious though, too, though? I don't think I've ever seen that in an action movie where a tough guy has to fight a kid and he like can't do it full bore. Yes, to hold back? That was funny.
0: No, that, but, that was it was good. But sad that the, these kids are like
1: very I'm gonna sad. kill you. Very sad, but but he, I mean he did what you like he, he did what a person really would do. Like, he was he like I have to incapacitate kid. this person, but I am not gonna murder a twelve year old. Yeah. So Well yeah, I, No, I, I, I hated feeling like the I had that exact same thought of, dude, these cops are just doing what they're told and they're getting slaughtered but yeah so i i didn't like that part about it
0: but this movie does fall into another trope that i've we've talked about before that i am a big fan of of like someone just being really good at their job yeah but it had two people being really good at their job cuz sejo i thought sejo was good too and he was definitely good and terrifying when he's wearing that like hood over his head on the boat
1: he was yeah that kind of wasn't it What is not his space mask shiny or something it
0: was yeah, scary so right. looking. It was good. So maybe just the, the reason he was there. <laughs> I guess Are I have a problem confused? with this movie. is. I, he works for the dad. He's trying to save the son. But if he saves the son from Chris Hemsworth, then the dad doesn't have to pay as much
1: money. Well, sort of. No. The dad says, get my son back. Soju? Soju? Or what's his name? C. Joe? Sejo? Has his own idea where he says, I know, I'm going to hire that extraction company, but I'm going to let them get the boy to a place where I can get him. I'm going to take the boy from there, the company that I hired, and I'm never going to pay the company that I hired because I don't have enough money to hire them. And the dad of the boy doesn't have enough money to hire them either. His funds have been frozen. Because he's locked up. Yeah, because he's being investigated or already in, already found guilty of something. Yeah. So his his plan was he's not the father had no involvement in the double crossing of the extraction company. Okay. And that, uh, that, and so I'll be honest, I started this movie and stopped
0: after about 10 minutes and then started again, uh, like a week later. (laughs) Cause so (laughs) I do, I may have missed some connections there. And the reason I stopped is this movie did two other really tropey things that are annoying to me, where there's a in media res beginning where it starts with the end You know, it's the first scene is him on the bridge and you see him get shot. Yes. And there's like a grainy faded out flashback to a kid on a beach.
1: I did hate that. That was such a bad trope.
0: Seriously. It's just like uh, Gladiator did this 20 years ago. Can we can we let it go?
1: I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was bad. It was very it's very uh, what's the word? Lazy filmmaking. Yeah. Uh,
0: so then I think, I think what we've highlighted so far in my mind is the action scenes are intense, well choreographed and it makes sense because it's um, another situation like John Wick where stunt coordinators directed this movie. So it's people who had worked with the Russo brothers who wrote the movie, who did a lot of the Avenger movies, um, made this movie. So it's like, yeah, they're good at they're good at the stunts. They're good at that making it look and real and run smoothly. But I think the other parts of this movie sort of fell apart to me. Okay, that's interesting because
1: I had, for me I there were icky parts. That that's what bothered me the most is the uh the global economic discrepancy between the audience and the characters, the killing of the soldiers. Um but I thought everyone's actions seemed motivated and reasonable. Or I could understand why everyone did everything they did. Which I think is hard to do in an action film.
0: But you think the... You thought the, like um, the writing between the kid and Chris Hemsworth when he's telling him about his son who had cancer, who died, it's like that kid just kept asking exactly the right question to get at the emotional core... Of Cribs Hemsworth, like five questions in a row.
1: <laughs> yes, that was a cl- that was a clunky scene. That's true. That's true. And not realistic dialogue. Why have David Harbour
0: live in this city and be able to save him the guy that brings him to that safe house? I was like <laughs> That's the most convenient twist I've ever
1: I don't know. What like Oh, I don't I mean it does I bet that I bet that guy, I bet Tyler, the main character, knows someone in every big city in the world by now. I mean. Because he just, he'd been he's been on all these served, jobs. Yeah, he's all done all these jobs. He's served in the military, three tours in Afghanistan. So we're in, you know, in Afghanistan, you would meet people from all over the world and work with them. And they'd be the kind of kind of people like um, Harbor's character who, you know, have a hard time fitting in normal society, end up living in some place uh, remote or kind of. Isolated. Just wants to kiss his wife. <laughs> Who wasn't at home, apparently. Uh, yeah. yep. We don't, we don't meet her. Don't know anything <laughs> about her. She makes good curry. Um, okay. And
0: then how did you feel about the setup of the, the bad guy? Where I think we're introduced to him. Killing kids. On, on a roof thro- his, where his henchman throws a kid off the roof. And then he wants a kid to cut his finger off. <laughs>
1: Okay, which, you're saying it. Which, which later
0: it. the kid does on his own,
1: unprompted. He delivers a cut off finger to a nightclub. <laughs> yeah, Reed. I don't know. I I was I was suspending my. It was a willing suspension of disbelief for me. That stuff didn't seem crazy. I mean, it's horrible, obviously.
0: He and, just seems so young. I was surprised to feel like would a mobster boss in this city be? I don't know, thirty.
1: I think so. That guy was ruthless. I mean, he was a really bad, he was a a, villains. He was a pretty bad villain, but he does say this very self-aware thing, which I think I liked to the kid who cut off his finger. Look, there's always going to be someone who's bigger than you. Yeah. Like he didn't, he, he actually seemed like a real, he was a very evil villain, but I also thought like, yeah, I, it's not cartoonish. Yeah. Not so cliche. I, I like throwing kids off.
0: Make, I don't know. There are some cliches there, but I think him also just being like, "Well, you got lucky too," and maybe that's that's better than being smart about stuff. Yeah. Wait,
1: what are the movies throw kids off buildings? <laughs> I feel like I <laughs> no, I was uh, sh- I was I was like sick in my stomach when that scene happened. I was like, "Oh my gosh." No, no. Sorry, no other movies throw kids off buildings. That's pretty bad.
0: Those guys are bad guys. But that's the kind know. of thing that I guess happens in. Developing third world countries?
1: No. Even, that's an extre- that's extreme, right? Well, I don't really, I don't know that much about, I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume it happens in developing countries. I would assume it could happen with any gangster anywhere. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's more likely to happen in Bangladesh than in India. I mean, it's uh, Italy, you know, like, yeah. I just don't know how, how really realistic it is.
0: It's pretty messed up. Well, I guess it shows he would kill a kid.
1: But Chris Hemsworth would not. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think there's going to be a sequel? Do you, did Chris Hemsworth live or die? I think he lives. I think they
0: set up his ability to hold his breath underwater. And they show the kid practicing at the end. And then there's that shadowy figure yeah, that you don't see. But I, I would guess it's Chris Hemsworth.
1: Yeah, I think so, too.
0: I mean, he probably got paid a lot of money. But doesn't he want to be in movies that are going to get distribution or I guess the quarantine makes everything weird, but why is Crimson Chris Hemsworth in this movie?
1: Well, he knows the Russos, right? That's true. And they did produce so, it. So he's probably doing them a favor. Uh, I bet he gets paid the same for this as a Hollywood as, as a movie that goes to theaters. So I, for him, I bet he doesn't care. And the world's totally changed. A, a Netflix film now is, you know, it's Roma and the Irishman and no one That's cares. True. There's more distribution. Um, the thing that I,
0: I read about this movie is they changed the location. So when the Russo brothers wrote it, it was supposed to be in South America. Yeah. But Netflix adjusted, I don't know if Netflix did or in production, they decided to change it to have a a broader
1: appeal to that market. Yeah. That makes sense. Or maybe I, I wondered, I was going to look, I meant to look it up, but I didn't, but there's the production company that AGBO at the beginning that I hadn't seen before. And it made me wonder if it was an Indian or a Bangladeshi production company. And so maybe that was, you know, they got money from that part of the world. Oh, and they took to film it there. And so as part of the deal, they had to change the location too, maybe. That's why I was, I meant to look that up. Have you been, have you been to Bangladesh? Yeah. How did, lovely. What, were you in that capital city? Yeah, I was in Dhaka the whole time. Yeah, it's
0: nice. It didn't feel uh, like this. Or you didn't go to that part of the town?
1: No, I was in the center of town, which is where this was. I mean, I didn't understand that it was um, a series of like an island where you could only get off of with bridges. I, I didn't have that sense when I was there. So that was kind of surprising to me. But it definitely, it looked like Bangladesh. Yeah. Okay. I just never drove myself there. I was driven around for my work, so.
0: Yeah. This looks like some stressful driving conditions. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Uh, do you have any other things that you liked or disliked
1: about this one? Well, I just, I just wish, or I just commend the filmmakers for doing those long shots that that would be really hard to do.
0: Yeah. And to figure out how to make those transitions and the core I don't know, just to choreograph where you're going to fo- focus the camera when you're driving. Like, you know, sometimes it's looking forward. Sometimes it's on the faces of, of Chris and the kid and. Yeah. It's very impressive to have that all timed correctly.
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess maybe the one thing we haven't talked about is also, did you believe that uh, Tyler would call uh, his former nemesis? How did he even get his phone number? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I bet the kid knows the number. Don't you think?
0: Uh, That's true. But no, I don't think he would have called him. Because, like, first of all, he would have taken the $10 million. no. No. No way. A mercenary
1: he, wouldn't do that? Not a mercenary who misses his son and realizes the value of human life. Okay, but is this
0: 15-year-old, 14-year-old kid worth the hundreds of lives that were ended?
1: Wait, are we seriously having this ethical discussion? Look, the difference is uh when you kill the 300... I mean, it's awful to kill 300 policemen, and I talked about Oh, I think it's bad because they didn't they were just following orders, but it's a huge difference between defending versus aggressing. So in the effort to rescue someone, it's okay to if they attack you to defend yourself, you're not attacking them. Whereas going upstairs to a kid asleep, you're being the aggressor. That seems like fine to me. That seems very different. You're not convinced. I don't know.
0: It just it's tough. If it had all been if it had all been employees
1: of the gang, I would feel much better about it. Well, okay, but if we're getting down to brass tacks, those employees of the gang, they're poor street kids, they got forced into it too. They, you know, got threatened to have their fingers cut off if they didn't help. And then got indoctrinated very young. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> I
0: don't know. It's
1: I don't know. I think there's gonna be a sequel where Tyler comes back and kills that uh, drug. No, he got, ki- he got killed. He did? The,
0: yeah, the the scene, the woman who comes to the bridge to save oh, Tyler. Oh,
1: I forgot that. I forgot Goes that. to a
0: bathroom and kills him. Which I thought it was going to be Chris Hemsworth who did that. That's yeah. how I thought they were going to announce he came, but he survived. Okay, yeah, yeah I forgot. Okay, maybe no sequel. <laughs> I... It, I guess if people if if a lot of people watch it, I'm sure Netflix is like, yes, please, let's make another action movie like, yeah, they just care about audience and viewership and they could put a mission in another part of the world.
1: Yeah, it could be a, it could be a franchise like Mission Impossible. Oh, there's so many franchises. I don't know. Why I mentioned that one. The mechanic comes to mind. But Mission Impossible was not envisioned as a franchise when it started.
0: Nothing was envisioned as a franchise in the 90s. And, right? Like, that wasn't how movies were made. It's just different now. Probably.
1: That's probably true. Uh,
0: all right, Ty, what would you rate Extraction out of five?
1: I'm giving you a three. I think okay. it's worth watching if you can stomach the violence. For the <laughs> cin- for the cinematic uh, art- artistry of it.
0: I think if that's all you want to see, I would just Google the, the one shot. Uh, I'm going to give it a two. Okay. I think enough enough funkiness and the kid flashbacks and how it starts. There are no there are enough problems for me that yeah a
1: two. You don't have to Google it. You can just go on Netflix and Reed will post in the posting of this podcast <laughs> the time code at which. The long shot happens.
0: Well, Ty's giving me so
1: much credit and responsibility. Uh, That's what we call pimping out in improv. Oh, jeez. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Ty, what else do you have to recommend?
1: Something you've been well, watching, while, reading or listening to? Well, I was sick. I watched all six seasons of lost and I've learned that everyone hated the ending to lost, but I thought the ending to lost was one of the most touching, most effective things I've ever seen. So I'm a huge fan of Lost. I'd have be happy to talk about it with anyone. Email me. Yeah, it's um
0: Ty updated it to tie Lost is the best at gmail dot com. So just <laughs> <laughs> it's weird I'm to use your, your business
1: email like that, but it's fine. Yeah. I'm on I'm, I'm on social media and a lot of lost fan groups. <laughs> no, I haven't. But... All these posts closed six years ago, but Ty's adding new comments. <laughs> no, it's having a comeback. I read. I've read a lot of news articles on it, about it. Like people are now doing brand new podcasts about every episode of lost. It's crazy. Okay. I, and there's a book. There's a book that explains all the kind of Easter eggs in it that I want to read, which is the first time I would have ever read anything like that. <laughs> nice
0: uh, for me I'm going to recommend a show on FX called Dave and it follows a sort of like pseudo realistic rap- rapper trying to break out of oh, this guy who had like a really popular song a couple years ago uh, Little Dicky that's the name of the song? no that's the name of it it's like the artist Lil Dicky he had a song a couple years ago uh, but now he's, he has a show and it's just like, I don't know, funny, sometimes like more tender than you would expect. And I think it's good.
1: Okay. Dave, haven't heard of it.
0: Uh, I think it had more views for the uh, first season on, on FX than any show uh, since Atlanta, including it like more than Atlanta. Wow. So yeah, people. Cool are watching it all right nice okay thanks for joining us for another week of two
1: brothers review the podcast i'm reed turley and i'm ty turley and stay you know physically distant but emotionally close guys that's good advice bye bye